Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Anne Garnier. Anne is the co-founder and CEO of Lisa Health. She's a seasoned healthcare leader and operator, helping to create, launch, and scale innovative healthcare technology companies and products that have improved patients' outcome and access to care. Prior to Lisa Health, Anne was the COO at Care Payment, Senior Vice President at Relay Health, Vice President at Paradigm Health, and Fractional Senior Executive and Advisor to numerous venture-backed companies. She is passionate about using technology to transform women's health, advancing research on menopause and healthy aging, and helping women thrive in midlife and celebrate the start of something great. Welcome to the show, Anne. I'm so excited to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Well, let's get started. Anne, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, so I've been in healthcare technology my whole career, so Mm -hmm. several decades. Uh, I started out working for a large insurance company, um, but then... Uh, joined a venture-backed startup um, Mm -hmm. that was using predictive analytics to um, forecast outcomes for very complex health conditions. And Mm -hmm. so I just really fell in love with working in a startup environment, um, but also using technology to, you know, change outcomes or improve outcomes and access to care for people. And it just became my passion. Nice. Um, I would say along the way, I did a lot of work in women in women's health. So I led the development of some of the earliest tech-enabled solutions for uh, high-risk pregnancy, preterm birth, fertility. So you know, when I decided to start my own company, um, I just kept going back to that passion for women's health. But my interest was really more in what's happening to women 40 plus, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So much um, focus is on women in the earlier stages of their lives and their reproductive journey. And it was really just very reflective of where I was at in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt that technology could play a very important role um, in um, transforming this very complex life stage for women. Very nice, nice uh, career journey and um, great in taking the passion that you have for women's health and turning it into a business. I think that's that's amazing. What are some of the ways that technology can change lives? What have you found? Yeah, well, you know, technology, it really has pervaded almost every aspect of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you're looking at administrative or financial or clinical, um, really technology is being used quite widely. Um, and I think has, there's, there are a lot of benefits to that, but, you know, when you think about, <clears throat> uh, healthcare supporting consumers, you know, there's apps for everything from pregnancy and fertility to diabetes and depression. So when I was looking at, you know, the women's health landscape and understanding more about midlife women's health and menopause, Mm -hmm. You could just see how incredibly underserved it was as a market. There's, you know, relative to other areas of healthcare, very little research, 
almost no technology. So mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, why shouldn't, why shouldn't menopause, why shouldn't midlife women be overlooked when there's so much that can technology can do to really bridge the major gaps in mm -hmm. care that exist? Um, you know, 3.8 billion women um, worldwide will experience this life stage. It's inevitable. And so when you think about what are some of those gaps, for example, a severe shortage of trained clinicians, um, a lack of, you know, uh, easily accept accessible, you know, science-backed information and therapeutic support. So I felt that technology was the perfect way to bridge these gaps, to address the shortage of trained clinicians, to reach underserved populations, um, not just in the U.S. and worldwide. And so technology then, you know, when you have that in the palm of your hand, right, then you can empower women to take control of their health and give mm -hmm. them the tools and education that they need. Wow. 3.8 billion. 3.8 uh, billion. It's not trivial. Crazy half, number. Yeah. Half the world's population. And mm -hmm. so I think that there's an incredible potential for technology to address a lot of the challenges that women face. Um, you know, we're still early days in what's possible, but, you know, I think having been in healthcare technology and now for several decades, I really think this is the most exciting period of innovation that I've witnessed. And my passion is about harnessing that innovation to serve these 3.8 billion women. That's amazing. I mean, that it's taking somebody like you who has that passion and being a woman yourself and probably gone through this stage or going through this stage like me, um, it's just so important for somebody to say, I'm going to do something about this, right? And there is a great population that needs your help. So I think that's awesome. Great job with that. So I understand that you have an app that you just released in July. Share with our listeners more about this app. Sure. So we launched Midday, which is an app that was developed in collaboration with Mayo Clinic and SRI International that's leveraging the power of AI and mm -hmm. sensor technology along with digital therapeutics to really support women on this menopause journey. So we're using um, these technologies to deliver personalized insights that really for women, you know, finally <laughs> illuminate what's happening physically and emotionally during menopause, because so many women express, you know, that they just feel out of control. They don't know mm -hmm. what's happening with their body. And sadly, very few physicians are trained in menopausal care. So physicians are not able to provide that illumination um, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of a very important part of what the app is doing is like finally delivering this insight. Um, but then I think more importantly, um, providing the right support or the right intervention at the right time to manage these symptoms and so deliver relief um, and also promote healthy aging, which we can also talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. But you know, delivering insights um, are incredibly helpful, but ultimately you want relief. So you want to make that connection to the therapeutic support. Mm -hmm. um, I would point out that, you know, menopause, it's a highly complex life stage. So it lasts 30 plus years. 
and you wow. can experience, <laughs> and you know, you can experience many symptoms over this journey. They've cataloged, you know, a minimum of 34 symptoms. And, you know, you I think your tech listeners will appreciate when you have multiple stages of menopause, 34 symptoms and innumerable combinations mm-hmm. that are going to change, right? Um, you know, AI you know, gives us the opportunity to leverage, you know, that sophistication of computation and and inference to generate insights and really enable, you know, our app to learn and empower decision-making through augmented intelligence. So from my perspective, the only way we can truly transform the menopause experience is to gain a better understanding by applying AI and advanced analytics to a large data set, you know, on diverse women. Um, every woman is unique, and so we need that data and those and those technology um, strategies to really pinpoint and reveal what's happening, um, you know, with these symptoms and deliver relief, you know, just much more quickly than what occurs today. Um, I also think from a healthy aging perspective, um, we can evaluate health risks um, and deliver preventative care much, much earlier than what typically happens. Um, You know, I think a statistic that really shocks a lot of people is that by age 55, 80% of women, that's 80%, have at least one chronic disease wow. and 50% have two by wow. age 55, right? And so when you think menopause really, um, you know, that journey starts in your, typically in your early forties, maybe sometimes in your late thirties, mm-hmm. right? And we know now that menopause symptoms are linked to a lot of the major chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease. We should be able to, um, we should be able to activate women to assess these risks and activate them much earlier than we are today, Mm -hmm. where we're more likely to wait until they've already been diagnosed with the chronic disease to then try to introduce interventions to um, improve those conditions um, or remediate them altogether. So I guess it's a long sort of rambling point. No, that's great. Yeah. Pause is like this perfect window of opportunity to engage women when they're actively seeking support and want to engage in, you know, everything from alternative and complementary medicine and other holistic strategies to cognitive behavioral therapy and perhaps even some um, prescription medication like hormone therapy. So share the name of the app again so everybody can hear that because I think the data, the capturing of data with women today is so critical to the future. Mm -hmm. And are you saying there's not enough data yet out there? You know, there have been some very large longitudinal studies that have been done. One is called SWAN, the study of women across the nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's a U.S.-based study. And then there is... um, the million, I believe it's called the million woman study um, that's out of the UK. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, you know, I think the researchers who've been leading those studies um, and other studies around menopause are just amazing, right? right. Um, 
but it's such an underfunded um, part of um, research, even within women's health, it's extremely mm -hmm. underfunded. So we need to do more. And now we can use more sophisticated techniques, technologies, um, and also sensors that can objectively measure some of these menopause biomarkers, which the SWAN data, for example, um, to my knowledge, you know, didn't, didn't leverage, right, that technology. It wasn't mm -hmm. available or advanced enough um, in a way to do it where women in their just daily lives could be measured, whether it's their hot flashes or their sleep disturbance, um, you know, or some of the other biomarkers that we can now collect with, say, an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or, mm -hmm. um, you know, some other more readily available um, wearable technology. Wow. Yeah, I think it's so important that our listeners are, you know, if, if you're in this time of your life to really download the app, put in the data, you'll be helping somebody in the future as well as yourself, right? Oh, and absolutely. You're really doing good for yourself, but then you're also helping others. I think that's very important. Yeah. So you're really passionate about using technology to transform mm -hmm. women's health. Tell mm -hmm. us more about where that passion came from and, and why, and then how you use technology to help. Well, I just, I partially I'm passionate about technology, I think, because I grew up with it. And so, and I just could, could see that, you know, technology really allows us to scale um, in a way that you can't do with um like human resources, right? Like it's gonna be very challenging for us to train um, clinicians around menopausal care, you know, over the next decade, because um, you have to, you know, change medical school curriculum. Um, you know, there's lots of things that you would have to do, but with technology, you can create um, access to science-backed and evidence-based tools, support and insights, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That doesn't rely on, you know, our ability to scale, you know, sort of the human side of this equation. Mm -hmm. um, so women don't have to wait a decade, perhaps for us to then say, Oh, great, we now have enough clinicians to satisfy the demand, right. we can actually right. solve the problem now, right? And it's mm -hmm. a problem that's existed for a very long time, there has been a lot of um, shame and silence and stigma associated with this life stage. So women have by and large just toughed it out, yep. Um, yep. which you know, no one should, should have to do that because it can be and is actually quite an impactful um, life stage, you know, the changes mm -hmm. that occur. Mm -hmm. And, you know, women want, need, and deserve support. So let's mm -hmm. use every advantage we can. And technology and data are two big, big advantages. Um, I think I'm also passionate about, you know, just the fact that with technology, you can achieve a level of personalization. Um, you know, every woman is unique and they appreciate that. You know, they view themselves as unique, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't want a one-size-fits-all approach. They really want a personalized experience that caters to their preferences and, and their unique characteristics. And I think, 
that's what you know AI and machine learning can do really, really well. Um, is it can provide that personalization and contextualization um, for women. When did you know that you had a passion for this um, stage of life that you wanted to help and make a difference? Mm -hmm. Well, I had decided to start my own company after, you know, spending many years helping others start and grow their company. I just really felt it was time for me to take that next step in my career. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking at different um, problems that I wanted to solve. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I always look for ways of, you know, how can we use technology to improve patient outcomes and access to care? And I was, I was, you know, tapping back into that passion for women's health and looking at the landscape, it was really apparent that pregnancy and fertility, I mean, there's just hundreds of companies um, that are in uh, addressing, you know, those particular parts of the reproductive journey, lots of other companies doing work in menstrual care, mm -hmm. um, sexual wellness. But when you looked at the, um, you know, what's happening to women 40 plus, which mm -hmm. is, you know, largely around the, the menopause transition, you know, a few years ago, there were almost no companies in the space and certainly no technology. Um, and, I just thought this is crazy, right? You know, again, every woman is going to go through this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, twenty-six, about I would say twenty-five to twenty-six percent of the population right now is in this life stage. Wow. Um, you know, it's well over a billion women. It's real. So, I mean, it's there, <laughs> right? And these women are suffering, mm -hmm. and it just coincided with my own menopause transition. And you know, any. Anybody who's ever done anything entrepreneurial will tell you that, you know, you have, it, it's really ideal if you can experience this problem firsthand. Yep. So yep. There's nothing like having that personal experience and me being this, you know, incredibly knowledgeable and empowered healthcare consumer. I struggled to get good support from my physician. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I struggled to find what I considered to be, you know, reliable you know, science-backed information I felt I could trust. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just experienced all the problems that almost all women are experiencing. Right. And right. I just, just like got so incredibly fired up, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, we like, we shouldn't have to have to put up with this. Like, this is right. crazy. Um, so I knew it would be, you know, certainly be for a few years, um, an uphill battle because, you know, nobody was talking about menopause. Uh, and so, you know, kind of step one is that just that missionary work of, you know, opening up the conversation and, um, helping to educate, you know, all the, the constituents, right. Um, whether it's employers or health plans or, um, health systems, women, right we need to just educate everyone on where the gaps are. And like, fortunately, I think we've achieved that goal mm -hmm. in the last few years, um, along with some other people in the industry who've come into the industry and started companies. I think we've sort of are pretty much got there where um, now this is something that's being talked about, but now we need to go, go to step two and, and really get traction with getting these solutions into the hands of women. Wow. 
That is, that's so great. Thank you for all this great work you're doing on behalf of women, because it is so needed and there was nothing out there and you experienced it firsthand yourself. So there's mm -hmm. no, no better uh, solution to that problem than somebody who's really been through the stages and the, the frustrations and the lack of help all of those things, right? So you know where right. to turn to. Exactly. Um, a, a guy could could do the same thing, but it wouldn't be from the, their inner self that they were feeling it and really went through it. You know, I feel like every job in my business I've done, so I know from firsthand mm -hmm. what is involved. So that's so important. So great job For with sure. that. But I yeah. do want to point out that it's really important to have men as part of this conversation oh, because they're, you know, they're very much impacted for those men or who are in a relationship with a woman, um, you know, going through this life stage. Uh, there's a, a can be an incredible impact on the relationship. And, you know, men really do, um, I think, by and large, want to support, you know, their mm -hmm. partner, but it's really mm -hmm hard for them because, um, they don't women, know how. Yeah. well, if women are inclined not to talk about it, cause we were mm -hmm. trained not to, right. Mm -hmm. First right. of all, having the conversation can be difficult. And then if, you know, if it's hard for us as women to find resources for ourselves and then, you know, men are helping trying to support that, you know, it's just challenging all around. Um, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, whether it's men in, in technology, men in positions of clinical leadership, men in positions of leadership and employer organizations, like we need men to add to, to support and advocate for more support. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because I think that is so critical in our entire journey, not just that stage of life, but just our entire journey in coming into technology because there's not enough women in mm -hmm. technology and we need their support and them to be allies in order to you know, lift us up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's very, very good that you said that because they need that help as well. And a lot of men will say, I, I want to do this. I want to help, but I just don't know how. Right, so, right. Yeah, very good point. So as a woman in the male-dominated industry, our voices definitely need to be heard. Share with us ways to strengthen our voice so that, you know, we are heard in more situations. We have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we're really considered a voice. Mm. Any ideas in what you've sure. learned over the years? Well, I think we just sort of touched a little bit upon mm -hmm. um you know, partnering with men mm -hmm. to, you know, support women um, to move into positions of leadership and influence and in organizations. But I also think women need to support other women and yep. lift them up. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So rather than, you know, the ladder being vertical, right? Where like there's only one woman can be above you. We need to mm -hmm. flip the ladder so it's horizontal and there's a lot of women on the ladder, right? Right. That's so right. you know, I'd like to to see, you know, that mm, behavior <laughs> go mm -hmm. away where, you know, women tend to compete and and actually they're supporting one another. But I also think they just need to stop being wallflowers. You know, mm -hmm. I do a lot of mentorship um, for women uh, who are looking to advance in their career. And, you know, some of my top, you know, top sort of recommendations to them is 
well, you need to become a thought leader, you know, either, you know, within your own company or, you know, also outside of your company, you need to build a strong network. I mean, these are two things that men are like really good at. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't be a wallflower. (laughs) You have to put yourself out there. Um, You, you know, you have to be able to create opportunities or, or, um, uh, be able to verbalize like your value, um, and not wait for somebody to sort of appreciate that value. So I also think if the opportunities are not organically coming to you, like you need to plan to create them to yourself. So, you know, if you want to be a thought leader, you know, pitch yourself to a podcast or an industry group where you could lead a workshop or have a, you know, speaking opportunity, talk to your marketing team about ways that you can help promote the company at the same time you're promoting your personal brand and point of view. Um, And if these activities make you uncomfortable, you know, you need to figure out how to get past that. Um, Mm -hmm. You have, whether it's getting a coach or get um, negative Nancy out of your head, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you have to overcome that anxiety um, and imposter syndrome. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just imperative if you want to unlock more opportunities um, and not only strengthen your voice in, you know, a male dominated industry, but also, you know, collectively strengthen women's voices um, within technology. No, that's great. Yeah, really, really good advice. It is so important for us to have that strong voice. But behind that, we need to have a voice that's educated about the situation. Like you said, you mm-hmm. have to be a thought, thought leader. So you have to know what we're talking about, because then we can be strong and confident. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, if we don't know the subject matter, it's hard to do that. So right. be that expert. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and on a personal note, who inspires you and why? Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever shared this, but women, women inspire me. That's um, awesome. Particularly midlife women. You know, okay. when I, I can't even tell you now, you know, of course I have lots of midlife women, friends and family and colleagues, but you know, now being in the business of menopause and healthy aging, I talk to lots and lots of midlife women mm-hmm. and what we do and the sacrifices that we make every day in the face of discrimination and injustice mm-hmm. are just astonishing to me. It is. Yeah. Um, so I just have to say that, you know, it, I think women overall are, are inspirational to me, but women in midlife are just rock stars. I love that you said that. That is so amazing. And I don't think anybody said that before. So it is so true, though. We just, you know, suck it up and keep going. We don't yep. even give ourselves credit for what right. we do. So you're absolutely right. Yep. That's so important. Yeah. Um, And if if there's one wish I have for mm -hmm. for the future of midlife Mm -hmm. women is that, you know, going back to the find your voice, right. You know, as midlife women, we need to find our voice and we need to um, be confident, you know, in who we are and not feel like we have to just you know, fade away and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and be invisible, right. 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 Like we need to take up space, 
right? And, mm -hmm. and be, I think, much more vocal about what we want and need and also start taking care of ourselves a lot more. I love that. Yes. Very, very good advice. So this is a selfish question <laughs> because I love to travel and I always want to get ideas of new places. So what is your most favorite place that you've traveled to and why? Well, I am incredibly passionate about travel. I would say, you know, it's, mm -hmm. I don't know, number one, number two, right, for me mm -hmm. on just yep. what I love to do. Yep. So it's a tough choice, actually, to answer that question, but I'll try. Okay. Uh, so my favorite city, hands down, is Tokyo. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love, you know, the energy, the modernity. But then at the same time, you know, while you have this hyper-modern city, you really still have this very deep respect for mm -hmm. culture, tradition, and elders. Love that. Um, which is amazing. And then, of course, I just, I love to travel to new places. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I always say, oh, I want to, you know, I'm definitely going to go back there. I'm always seeking to go somewhere new because I love to learn about and experience other cultures. And there's um, no not enough time to no, I know, back, right? <laughs> I'm like, I gotta go to a new place. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I wish more people would would mm -hmm. travel. I really mm -hmm. do. I think it just is so mind opening and expansive and rewarding. Um, I just just go. Just go, yep. go anywhere yep. outside of the U.S. That's well. yeah, open up your mind, learn about <laughs> exactly. the culture, learn about their yeah. rituals, their food, mm -hmm. their you know everything, everything. Mm -hmm. Right, that's great. That's great. Um, so, in closing, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in the tech industry? Okay, well. I think you should, I think really you should create this unwavering confidence and faith in your abilities. And how do you do that? Uh, <laughs> I think you have to invest in yourself, mm -hmm. whether it could be through a coach, it could be through a therapist, it could be through self-guided activities. Mm -hmm. I did something that had been recommended to me, um, you know, the artist way, which has been around for 25 plus years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm the most like rational analytical person. And I said, I'm not doing this. This is so woo woo. <laughs> but I was at a place in my life um, as a midlife woman, I was at a place in my life where I just really was struggling a bit, I think, mm -hmm. to sort of define like, you know, well, what, what does this period of my life look like? Like, where mm -hmm. is my next chapter? And so I thought, okay, I'm going to have to do some things that make me uncomfortable mm -hmm. in order to, to figure this out. And so I, so that was one of the several things I did mm -hmm. that made me uncomfortable. And I strongly recommend it because, you know, if you don't have the resources for, you know, coaching or, therapy, um, you know, it's very inexpensive. You just can buy the book on Amazon. It's a self-guided 12-week journey mm -hmm. um, that requires no other investment um, other than a little bit of your what time. What is the name of the book? It's called The Artist's Way. Okay. It's been around yeah. for decades. Um, and I really, at the end, um, was just super happy that I did it. And I've, you know, turned a lot of other people onto it. Uh, it's just, you have to just make a leap of faith into it and just do, do the work of, um, 
you know, journaling and, and a few other exercises, it's, I think, relatively painless. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, was there one thing that stood out that really helped you? Or one or two things, anything from the book that you did religiously yeah. and then you said, now I'm still doing those things? Well, one of the things that in order to, you know, I think maximize this particular um, method is that you need to write two pages every day. Mm. And it doesn't even like they don't, it doesn't matter what you write. Like you could write the same sentence over and over again, but the point okay. is, is that, you know, you're writing and I think through that process of unwriting, you know, you really, there's, a, and there's some prompts that can help you along the way, but I think it just helps you to dig into areas that um, you need from a self-exploration mm -hmm. kind of point of view. So I think that could be a launching off point for a more consistent journaling practice. It doesn't have to be two pages every day once you finish with this 12 week journey. But mm -hmm. um, I think either that, it just, it unlocks, I think the opportunity for you to engage in more self-reflection. Introspect, yeah. Really introspection, yep. whether it's through meditation or mindfulness mm -hmm. or um, journaling or, you know, just connecting with nature. I think mm -hmm. you'll still take away some things from the process that'll stick with you. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this, you know, this, I, going back to this idea of creating this unwavering confidence and faith in your abilities, you know, it's, a, it's also about not letting people or letting anyone make you feel less, any less than who you are. Cause mm -hmm. there is, again, this notion of women in midlife should be invisible, which that word, is, mm. is very negative and it's diminishing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like invisible as if you have nothing. No like you don't exist, yeah. To be visible, like you have nothing to contribute and there couldn't That's be so anything that is so not true. I mean, we as women in midlife are at the peak of our powers and our capabilities. And so I just think women need to um, really... Uh, appreciate that about themselves and own it and become in what I call unstoppable, just, mm -hmm. just become a force. Right? right. And when we become that, then we really have a voice. And in, so, but in, <laughs> until then, I think we'll still, I think, be challenged um, to get what we want. But I will say we wield the most economic power of any demographic in the world. So mm -hmm the other opportunity besides finding your voice is to also vote with your wallet. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love this advice. This is so great and so on point. And it's been such a pleasure and an honor having you on the show. You've inspired me. I know you'll inspire my audiences and listeners. Uh, and I'd love to have you on the show again, you know, in the future so that you sure. can tell us what else is happening. Hopefully things are really moving the needle and the data is is collecting mm -hmm. so we can help women mm -hmm. continuously. So this has been such a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much, Anne. Well, thank you. And if you're interested in the in our Midday app, um, yep. it's you can either go to our website, midday.health, M-I-D-D-A-Y.health. Okay. Or you can go to the app store and search for midday. Is it on all 
uh, operating systems, so iOS as well as Android? It's currently iOS, but okay. we'll Great. have Android in 2023. So okay. sorry, Android users, you have to hold on a little bit longer. <laughs> Just for a little bit longer, but, but iOS is dominant anyway. So yeah, if you go to our website, midday.health, there's still just, you know, tremendous amount of um, resources you can get through our blog. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you again. And it was such a pleasure. It was such a pleasure to chat with you. And I look forward to coming back on next year. Great. Thank you. Awesome. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.